Hello and welcome to the Huntsman World Senior Games Active Life. My name is Kyle Case and I'll be your host on this amazing journey as we attempt to help you get the most out of your life. Joining me in the studio today is my co-pilot, Jeff Harding. Jeff, how are you doing today? You know, Kyle, I'm doing better than a wrestler holding his opponent in a half Nelson. Better than that? Better than that. Maybe I, a full honestly, Nelson. Honestly, I'm not sure it gets better than that. Well, as a wrestler, you would know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, that, that that is pretty good. I'm doing good, too. I'm doing great, good. Great. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, today, Jeff, we're going to start off talking about something that we haven't really talked a lot about in the past, but I think, once again, it's an important subject. Oh, good. And that is our dental care. Well, that is a big deal. It's a big one, right? Yep. So unlike sharks, unfortunately, we don't have a whole bunch of teeth that just kind of Grow back move in. up into place once uh, mm-hmm. some of them get knocked out. So we got to take care of them. We do. We want to make sure that those uh, pearly whites are healthy and useful. And I found some information in Reader's Digest, and I think a lot of these suggestions are just common sense. But I thought it'd be worth touching on. Well, I think it's good. The, yeah, and the overall health and wellness sure, concept sure. that we, we try to address here. So the first one, this won't be a surprise to you, but the first one that the doctors, the experts recommend is that we use a fluoride toothpaste. Yes. You've heard that before, right? Yes. Experts do recommend giving your toothpaste label a read just to make sure that it does contain fluoride. Mm-hmm. Fluoride toothpaste protects from demineralization, which is when bacteria in the mouth combine with sugars and that produces acid. And this acid can erode tooth enamel and damage our teeth. We, we've right. heard that before. That's not new. Right. So toothpaste with, with fluoride. That's the first one. Is the second one to use the toothpaste? It is. Brush twice daily. <laughs> there you go. You got it. <laughs> and they even uh, recommend an electric toothbrush. Uh, I'm not that high tech. Yeah, so. see, and, and I, I've got one that I use depending on if I have a headache or not. Mm. It's not like overly aggressive, but just sometimes I don't want to have my brain shaken like that, you know? So, <laughs> But uh, keeping your teeth clean does ward off nasty bacteria. Studies have proven that electric toothbrushes can clean teeth significantly better than regular ones, so maybe it's worth looking into. And faster. Most electric toothbrushes have features that prevent you from brushing too hard, which in turn prevents accidentally damaging your teeth and gums and causing mm-hmm. gum recession. They say as gums recede, the roots of the teeth become exposed, and that results in hot and cold sensitivity, bone loss, and an increased risk of dental cares. So uh, electric toothbrush seems like it's the way to go. It does. Number three is to see your dentist at least once a year. Now, are you afraid to go to the dentist? Is I'm not afraid. That I just can't you? afford him. <laughs> <laughs> Different kind of fear, right? Yeah. Well, many people are afraid to go to the dentist. Uh, one study estimated that up to 15% of Americans hesitate to schedule their regular checkups because they have a phobia mm-hmm. of going to the dentist. Uh, if you do fall into this category, you should talk to your dentist about that or maybe even find a new one. But going to the dentist regularly can help them find small or new cavities and even offer treatments that can prevent cavities from getting bigger. Right. So it's it's worth it. Like, we got to go. You know, I grew up with a dentist that used nitrous oxide, so I you have like happy, I have happy memories, memories of my <laughs> dentist. Yes. You enjoyed it. Mom, can we go to the dentist? Yeah. Right? Can, or can I just borrow his, his, his nose <laughs> thing? Yeah. Whatever it's called, the, 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 nose, the little oxygen or the, yeah, the delivery speeder, system, right? Yeah. Um, another thing that they say is to consider a sealant. If you've had more than a few fillings or a, even more than one root canal, you might consider a sealant, which protects your teeth from bacteria. Um, another thing that they say is to be mindful of your medications. This one was a new one to me. Mm-hmm. But they say that a lot of prescriptions have some unexpected side effects 
Uh, that could be harmful to your teeth. Experts right. recommend paying extra attention to your dental health when you get a new prescription. Many medications cause dry mouth, and a dry mouth makes you more prone to cavities. If you're taking medications that dry your mouth, practical, um, thorough oral hygiene is important. So get those teeth brushed. Use your mouthwash uh, even multiple times a day, including after you eat. They say you should drink plenty of water and talk to your doctor about your medications. Yep. So I thought that one was an interesting one. Yep. Uh, the next one is an obvious one. Eat healthy food that's low in sugar. Uh, we know that the sugar kind of creates that acid that eats right. away at the teeth. Which they includes all, Coke. Coca-Cola. Or, or Pepsi. Yeah, yeah, those sodas, those those have plenty of sugar, uh, sugar in them. They, uh, speaking of food, they also recommend that you get more calcium in your diet. Mm-hmm. So we all know that calcium helps with bones. We know that it helps with teeth as well. So mm-hmm. drink your milk, get your yogurt. Leafy greens like broccoli, bok choy, uh, that has calcium in it. Almonds also has calcium. Brazil nuts, uh, several sources of calcium. The last one I thought was interesting. I also was unaware of this one, but they say that fiber is vital to your digestion, which I knew, and it's also good for your heart. I also knew that, but I didn't know that fiber would help fight tooth decay. Hmm. You can get fiber from supplements, but as always, the best way to get fiber is with your diet and, uh, and eating high-fiber foods. Sure. A good source of fiber includes dry fruits, such as dates, raisins, and figs, fresh fruits like bananas, apples, oranges. Other options include vegetables like beans, Brussels sprouts, peas, along with peanuts, almonds, and, of course, bran. Right. And uh, all of those foods are high in fiber. There's lots of benefits, not the least of which is it can help you avoid tooth decay. And there you go. So we're going to shift gears pretty dramatically here. Yes, we are. Don't get whiplash. We're going to introduce our guest. Today's guest is Dr. Macy Buker. He's a CPA and a professor uh, of population health at Dixie State University. Dr. Buker has more than 20 years of finance and accounting work in a variety of industries, including the healthcare industry. And Dr. Buker, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Thanks for joining us. I'm, I'm going to say, I'm, I'm gonna, this is interesting to me. Now, we're going to have an accountant talk to us about health and wellness and the overall health and wellness industry. Help us make that jump. How, how, did, how did we get there? So, so as I uh, look, at, look at my background, my background was public accounting as I uh, started my career. Started yeah. doing a lot of work with healthcare organizations. Okay. And, uh, well, it's been about 10 years ago I actually transitioned uh, into the healthcare industry with a couple of businesses uh, and then uh, had some opportunities to actually teach full-time uh, as I was working on a couple of other projects. And this just kind of blossomed into into a uh, long-term stint in higher education now. So uh, I, I enjoy it. It's a, it's a great diversion, but that uh, initial background of, of accounting and finance become, becomes very, very helpful as we're looking at uh, some of the things that are going on in the healthcare in industry. Healthcare. So let's jump into that, shall we? Sure. Let's talk a little bit about public health just as a, an overall view and um, why are they teaching courses of public health and what, what does that mean? How important is that to us? Well, there's a, there's a number of things that are that are happening. First of all, as we look at the healthcare industry in general, we've really been focused on a on a reactive care of individuals' diseases, injuries that happen, and we take care of people after the after they have those problems and issues come about. In doing so, we have now uh, exceeded 20 percent of our GDP. So, one out of every five dollars you earn is going back into healthcare. Well, no, I, I just, some of us is even higher. That, yeah, well, and for individuals, yeah, with emergencies mm-hmm. or you know anything like that, uh, boy, those bills can really add up. But 
I mean, I just I just want to emphasize how huge the spending in healthcare is as a nation. It is. You know, individuals. You know, w- w- th- those are those are tragedies that we deal with as families and as individuals. But nationally, one in five dollars. It is. It's it's largest industry in the country. We're spending about three point two trillion dollars last year in healthcare spending alone. Is is it skewed by the the fact that we have that aging baby boomer population? No, it's just increasing our increasing our costs as we move forward. Wow. Because that's a, that's a group as we start addressing some of their some of their issues, their ailments diseases, conditions that they have, we're adding dollars to it. Yeah. The, 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 the more interesting component of that is we're, a, we're about two and a half times the next highest country as far as spending per capita. Now, if, you, if you look at dollars, we're more than triple. So we have a couple of European countries that are spending about $3,500 a year per person. Here in, here in the U.S., we're spending about $12,000 a year right now. Per person. Per person. On, on and, that, and that includes insurance, all of your your copays, your medications. That's just the the, the net, the, the, or, the, or the gross, the gross. That, that's 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 what you're you as an individual are spending that much money. I mean, think about it. Every time every time you go to the let's say you have an injury, fall down, break an arm, you go to the emergency room. The average, average emergency room visit was about twenty seven hundred dollars last year. Yeah. So wow. I mean, it's it, it it adds up and it adds up quickly. Especially, as you said, the emergency room visits, the uh, the specialized care, mm-hmm. intensive care. Wow, that that can go so so fast. And then you look at you know chronic problems and long term you know cancer and all the things that we deal with. Wow, there's a yeah. lot of money that's being spent there. there. There is. So we're spending the most of any country in the world. In the world. And yet, if you look at our measures of care, for example, our quality adjusted life years. We rank about thirty fourth as a country. So even though we're so spending the most, like, we aren't getting like the best outcomes. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, it's it, it, it's a challenge. I mean, yeah. we our, our healthcare system has really evolved, um, and as it's evolved, it's it's really grown into a very unique uh, business model because we bring in a third party payer, our insurance companies right. that, are, that are actually actually establishing the contracts with the providers and so we don't have a lot of say in what those what those contractual amounts are right um, we're directed as far as where we're going to go receive our care what conditions we're going to meet and now all of a sudden we're looking at what what the spending is what continues to grow you know we had the affordable care act that passes in 2010 to try to help with some of this it slowed the growth yeah but the growth has still been there wow you know, I, I just I have a theory. It's just a theory. I don't have anything to back it up other than just the way I feel about it. But, you know, I, I remember watching Little House on the Prairie. Many of us watched right. that and the doc would just get in his wagon and he would make the rounds to all these little farm houses and somebody needed help. They would you know saddle up the horse and run over to the doctor's house in the middle of the night and bring him over. But when when that was the model, it felt like um you were looking the doctor in the eye and he was providing care and then he was also making a living, you know, which, sure. you know, granted in, in, in pioneer days, maybe it was a chicken that he got or, or some potatoes or something, but it felt like as soon as you said, as soon as the third party entered the picture, it just feels like that's where things started to turn in a different direction. You, you no longer had control as a consumer and as a doctor, you don't really have to look someone in the eyes and say, hey, you owe me $32,000 for this three-hour stay in the ICU because that's all done with someone else. And you've you removed that personal aspect of it. 
And 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 don't get me wrong, I'm not knocking yeah. insurance or anything. Yeah. I've got health insurance. I'm I'm grateful for it, but it just feels like they're created a disconnect on on both sides of the equation that created some of the challenges that we're dealing with. Well, what it did what it did more than anything is it added some layers of complexity. Yes. It used to be when you were yes. dealing with that doctor and that doctor was coming to your home, you were paying that doctor when he finished providing those services. Right. Now, because of the layers of complexity that we've built in, built into the system, it becomes very, very difficult. In many cases, your pro- providers, your clinicians that are practicing won't know the cost of a procedure. They're there trying to provide the best care possible. And it's interesting. Um, there was a, a documentary uh, that uh, it's called Money in Medicine in 2012 that that compared Intermountain Healthcare here 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 in Utah to UCLA uh, Medical Healthcare Center. System, yeah. And, when, and was talking about some of the differences that are that are there. And in that documentary, Brent James talks about almost 60 percent of our healthcare costs being waste at various levels. Wow. And if you look How at does what that happened in an industry, right? Well, yeah, exactly. So as you, as you look at it, you have all these different layers of complexity. You have physicians trying to, and and clinicians trying to make the best decisions for their patients, and yet they're being they're being bound by best practices, by risk risk, risk management. management. We have all these other components that are going in to the point where hey, they're going to do the best job that they can to to practice medicine, provide you the best best care possible, and we're going to, going to try to have to work through these other challenges and, and complexities. So and, it is. It's very, very unique and and, and complicated. Di- yeah, very, very Difficult. different than what happens around the country, and you, around the world. You mentioned so. it. You know, I, I think one of the, the the most difficult complexities of the whole thing is is that when you're in pain or when you're in sick, Really, the last thing you're worried about is how much it costs. You know, yeah. if you're shopping for a new shirt, you can take the time to compare and look around and go online, all that kind of stuff. But if you're in the emergency room, you just want the very best that's available. Correct. And, you know, doctors, to their credit, are trying to provide that. And then it's after it's all over and the aftermath is done, that's when you start putting the pencil to the paper to see how much all of this is going to cost. It's yeah. it's a very complicated situation. It is. You're listening to the Huntsman World Senior Games Active Life, and we're visiting with Dr. Macy Buecher. Uh, we're talking about population health and the health care system as it is here in the United States. It's a very complicated situation. I think we've done a, a reasonable job of explaining some of the challenges what are some of the solutions? How do we get through this mess? Well, I think a lot of it is we're, sh- we're shifting our reimbursement model. So rather than being reactive, we talked a little bit about waiting till somebody gets sick, having them show up at the hospital, the doctor's office, treating them for whatever ailment they have. We're changing our, the shift of our focus to preventative care. Yes. So, so rather than wait for you to get sick, we're going to do something about it. And that's where really kind of the focus of population health comes in is we're looking at at measures of health within an, within an entire group of individuals. So for example, if we looked at all the all the individuals living here in Washington County, we would be looking at measures of health for the entire county and then we start focusing programs and interventions based off what that community needs. So one of the biggest challenges we have in in the costs become associated with chronic conditions. For example, diabetes, it's, it's affecting almost one in five individuals within our community. Wow. And so if we were able to focus on preventive care for diabetes, we start talking about lifestyle changes, uh, teaching people to eat the right foods, exercise, be active, 
goes into a lot of the things that happen here within our community locally as we're as we're promoting healthy healthy active lifestyles. Um, but we can focus our our efforts on those individuals. And with the shift in that reimbursement model, rather than rather than individual organizations being compensated based off when I go and visit the doctor, they're going to be they're going to be be paid a set uh, amount of, amount of funds. It's, we refer to it as a, as a capitation model, where I get so much per individual per month, and then my goal as a provider now becomes not in treating those individuals, but providing that preventive care that reduce reduces my overall uh, healthcare costs. And and now you're kind of speaking our language because we're right in the middle of that and big advocates of that active, healthy lifestyle mm-hmm. that I think we all want. You know, I think yeah. we all want it. Um, sometimes it's hard to achieve it. Sometimes um, you know challenges come up and get in the way, whatever it is. But I love I love what you said that concept and that idea of preventative and pr- trying to preempt it rather than be reactive to it. And it feels like if there is any way forward that's productive and helpful. It feels like that has to be the way. It does. I mean, we have to be able to hold individuals accountable for those lifestyle choices they're making. Right. And we do in some aspects when we talk about the third-party payers and health insurance companies. For example, if you're a smoker, you're going to pay a higher premium for your health insurance. Right. And life insurance and other things. but But if you're inactive, you're uh, you're, you're obese, which is a huge, huge issue, um, around the country. Right. There's no penalty for that. There's right. no way for health insurance companies to write that in. Well, all of a sudden, if we find that way to, to, to write in some of those incentives into our policies or, you know what, if, if you exceed this amount on your BMI, then we're going, we're going to actually charge you a higher premium. Now I have financial incentive to do it because quite honestly, to live a healthy lifestyle, eat, eat, Good quality nutritional food. It's not cheap. It's not the dollar yeah. menu. Yeah. It's there's there's it's much more expensive, much more time consuming. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and as much as the money, it's the time a lot of times, yeah. you know. How convenient is it to just hit that drive through <laughs> on your way home and grab a, a burger and fries and, you know, eat it in the car because you're on to the soccer match or, you know, whatever it is, you know, we, it is. we we're very busy. Um so yeah, there's a financial part of being active and eating healthy, but there's the time part of that too, where you got to go shopping for groceries and you have to go home and prepare it, you know? Yeah. Um, so yeah, there are some real significant cultural challenges that I think we need to deal with. But as you said, maybe tying that to some kind of a financial incentive or, or yeah. penalty as the case may be, depending on the situation, that might be the direction that we need to go to kind of yeah. sort things out. It is. And think about the drive-thru. If as if consumers were demanding healthy foods when they went through They'd the drive-thru, there, right? yeah. they're, they're there. I mean, there's healthy options that are available to you. They, again, they tend to be more more expensive, and it's difficult for us to get that information. Some of that's changing. I mean, we're, we have a lot of things that are happening as far as with transparency, not just not just in the food industry that helps, but also within healthcare. I mean, this, this January 1st, all the hospitals – around the country now have to post their pricing on a website. Um, so we're starting to see some changes and shifts so that we we can play a larger role uh, in what happens with our health. For example, w- related to cost of health care, I can now go on my insurance company's login. They have a portal for right. me. I can track all my claims. But in there, I can actually pull up providers. If I enter in and ask for a, a procedural code for my provider before it happens, I can actually compare prices with providers here locally and go to the one that's going to be the best. In the past, it's been taboo. 
because we yeah, equate no lower about, price with yeah. less quality, and that's not not always the case. Yeah. Mm. So let's shift gears just a little bit. You you are in public health, and you talked about the ability to take a population and kind of analyze you know trends that are going on there, and then within that population, try to create scenarios or incentives or education or information that can help change some of the challenges. What are some of the trends that you see nationwide that that we need to be dealing with and talking about and working towards? I think I think one of the first things we need to do is look at chronic conditions. Uh, and as we look at one's chronic conditions that are preventable, heart disease is a big one, diabetes is a big one. Yeah. Here locally, and you're mostly talking. You're talking about type two diabetes. Yes, this yeah. is primarily type type two. Right. As as because it's completely, we can change the right the, type the one. Course of the, you're of born that with. This, yeah. There's not much you can do about that. Yeah. But type so, two. So so typically, as we talk about chronic conditions, we're talking about chronic conditions that we can prevent or change as as we as we adopt that, different that we can influence behaviors. Our behaviors. Correct. Right. Correct. And so as we're looking at that, that really needs to be our focus. The nice thing is here locally within uh, the, the Southwest Utah uh, Health Department here, Dr. Blodgett has been very proactive in, in developing and, and rolling out a diabetes management program. Um, so kudos, kudos to him for, for seeing the, the issue the need. and need for it and being able to adopt a program that will, that will go out and help. And part of it is education. Part of it is, 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 is actually showing people how to do things and then providing opportunities, you know, for affordable care. There's or for affordable food options is, is mm-hmm. another big one, you know, where we have areas where we might have a what we refer to as a as a nutritional desert where we don't have access to good to, to good healthy food choices. Yeah. Trying to be able to change some of those. So that's I think where it needs to start. And then I think the other component of that is we have to take a, a bigger uh, role in our own health, More our individual for health, Ab- right? absolutely. So, you know, if me, if I'm if I'm choosing to sit behind a desk all day and not get out and and go for a walk or ride my mountain bike or take advantage of the recreation opportunities we have here, that shouldn't be that burden shouldn't be passed on to everybody else on my health insurance plan. That should rest with me. And so, I think that's the big the big thing that needs to happen. But that's hard for people to hear sometimes. Well, it, it's hard to hear, and behavior is so hard to change. You know, it's just, it's just tough. It's just the nature of it. You know, and I think we all struggle with goal setting or or knowing. You know, we know we're supposed to do these things. This is this isn't brand new information necessarily to us. Usually, in most cases, it's just the digging down and and finding out how to make it happen and to get it done. But I, I believe in us as a, yeah. as a species, you know, as human beings, I, I think we'll figure it out. I think we will. We will. I, th- I think we're making progress on it. And, you know, fortunately, again, here, here within our community, there's a very, very um, encouraging environment that's yeah. been, and culture that's been created to help, help improve uh, and, and be active. And, and, and make good choices. And, you know, I, I think that our community here is uh, is leading the way in a lot of ways. But wherever you're from, wherever you happen to be listening to this show, uh, there's good stuff going on in every community. There so is. we need to take advantage of it. Absolutely. Well, thank you very much, Dr. Buecher. Appreciate you being here and appreciate the information that you shared. All right. Great. Thank you for having me. So, Jeff. Yes. Just yesterday. Yesterday. I went down to Las Vegas. Yes, you and did. And I wrestled in the U.S. Open. And you got a black eye. I got a black eye. I have uh, some uh, some proof to show that right. I was actually there. Uh, a day later, which is today, I have incredibly sore muscles. Mm-hmm. As you mentioned, I have a beat-up face. But 
I am more passionate now than ever about what we do with the Huntsman World Senior Games. Yep. All the cliches that they say really are true. The thrill of victory, the agony of defeat. You know, listen, competition is a great motivator. Yeah. It really is. And uh, we need these things in our lives. Uh, while wrestling may not be for everyone, in fact, wrestling may not be for anyone. I, I don't know. <laughs> I, 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 I think the, the jury is out on that. But with 32 different sports to choose from in the Huntsman World Senior Games, Maybe the games could be for everyone. I think so. And uh, the great thing is that registration is open. Oh, uh, it is. We already have almost 3,900 of the more than 11,000 athletes that we expect to compete in October here in St. George. If you're interested in being a part of the Huntsman World Senior Games this year, and we hope that you're interested. We do. We do. Come party with us. Get registered. Get it on your calendar. Use that motivation to help you really live the active life throughout the next several months. And avoid some of these health pitfalls. And avoid some of the problems that we've just talked about. It's very easy to do. Just visit SeniorGames.net. Click on Register. The process is simple. It's fast. It's secure. And before you know it, you'll be ready to become one of the more than 11,000 athletes who will compete in the games this year. The dates for the 2019 Huntsman World Senior Games are October 7th through the 19th. Remember to tune in live next and every Thursday at 5.30 p.m. Mountain Time on AM 1450 or FM 93.1 for the Huntsman World Senior Games Active Life. Our inspirational quote for the day from author Joshua Marine. He says, Challenges are what make life interesting, and overcoming them is what makes life meaningful. There you go. Until next Thursday, stay active. Bye, everyone. Bye, everyone.